right, well, thank you for that, guys, and welcome into our community segment here for your Friday. We get to check in with Mary O'Connell, host of our Running on Ice show, the coolest community in freight. Mary, thank you for being here. It's great to have you as always. Anytime, guys. I'm happy to start my weekend with you guys. Likewise, Mary. And of course, it seems like we just had you on not too long ago, but you also <laughs> heading up our Running on Ice community as well. Um, for just jumping into it, what are we going to expect for the upcoming episode? Uh, so this episode, I feel like lately a lot of the um, guests and the content that I've uh, produced has been through the connect. There's like the the one good thing that comes from social media is like that true like connecting people thing. Um, leave all of the you know Twitter hate and all of that drama aside. Um, but this week I'm really excited because I had written something about the Jacksonville port like when I first started taking over running on ice and they loved it and. They were like, look at this amazing thing. And I was like, look at all the amazing things that you're doing. Would you guys like to be on the show? And I'm really excited because this week we get to dive, dive into the Jacksonville port and how it's kind of become this hub for refrigerated and cold and temperature controlled freight and how they've positioned themselves and really just kind of turned into this bigger than expected, larger than life hub that is just like yeah no worry temperature controlled anything special that you need some usda customs we got it and it's just kind of all there and so we kind of dive into that and what's really driving that success for them there temperature controlled freight at ports i think is super fascinating because of course we know everything is time sensitive and it feels like at a port nothing is time sensitive right you get the container the container ship sits in the shipyard for days maybe a week or so container gets unloaded <laughs> and it gets stuck in the container yard and then your driver's like i've been here for four days and i still can't get my container right <laughs> but if you've got temperature sensitive freight that timeline doesn't work so what type of unique problems are the port of jacksonville really trying to address when it comes to this hub for temperature controlled freight so basically they have kind of taken on that role of like kind of serving as the they've they've taken like the logistics of getting things on and off a ship to like a new level so they pride themselves on their partnerships with their shippers or with their shippers and their customers and their carriers as well so to the point where like if you know that sailing's at noon and it's 11 45 and that trailer is just leaving your warehouse there's a phone number of someone that you can call and say hey we're coming in hot like we're gonna like Tokyo drift the container <laughs> onto the ship. Um, this is not a Fast and Furious movie. Obviously, there is safety, and there's much better ways that they can get it loaded. But kind of that whole that whole vibe of, you know, they're really kind of helping each other out and really working to maximize efficiency. Because like you said, Kaylee, there are, if they miss that sailing, more often than not, they're going to have to wait an entire other week for it to happen. And then they also have some power sources that can, you know, plug in some temperature controlled, um, some of the reefer container units. They have some stuff that can plug that in. So that way it only sits un like unplugged into uh, to power to continually keep it cold for however long it would take to get loaded onto the ship. Cause then once it's on the ship, it's plugged into power there. So, um, and some of those reefer units can run without power as well. Um, that's just kind of like a backup source that, you know, should something fall, fail, this the product is still, um, you know, safe and not damaged. Definitely sounds like Port of Jacksonville is setting themselves up to be the go-to East Coast destination for temperature control um, commodities. When we're looking at this area, are there any industries specifically 
that are seeming to benefit more from it? Any subsectors within the temperature controlled area? So definitely agriculture and food. Um, something that I learned about that I'm just going to leave a little teaser about um, chicken logistics. <laughs> so I did not know that that was such a important thing and I didn't know how precise it was going to be. So we dive into that a little bit and um, really just kind of like poultry and um, food. They have a huge um, like Walmart distribution center that can keep lettuce at the perfect humidity, which I didn't even think about hum- humid conditions, um, especially with that USDA uh, inspection facility, you know, just with the Port of Jacksonville and how closely they work with customs, pretty much anything that's food related um, is really, really thriving there and is really finding a good home because from there, uh, the Port of Jacksonville is 20 minutes from the airport and it can be on a flight to be in Seattle the next day. And it's also uh, a major rail hub. So it can, you know, be put on a rail line and mood made to move in the middle of the country. And also anyone who's ever tried to get a truck out of Florida, <laughs> if you can at least get it up to Jacksonville, typically, then you have a better chance of getting it to the rest of the country versus down in Miami where, good luck getting it out for a reasonable price. (laughs) Mary, so you mentioned chicken logistics. Anybody who's familiar with Chattanooga knows that we have two chicken plants right downtown. So here might be a place for you to go to check out the logistics of chicken. I don't know. Maybe you gotta, maybe it's that like zoom in within a zoom in, you know? I like it. I like it. I think that I, first of all, did not know about Chattanooga and that's a a weird flex, but I'll take it. And, um, I think that I would imagine that after those chickens, I don't know, have chicken time, um, they probably head on down to the port of Jacksonville as well, considering that's pretty close to them. And then they get them there, they get exported to whatever country we can help with their food needs. Chickens with the chicken time. I love it. So for folks who want to catch Running on Ice this afternoon, where can they go to do that? Uh, you can just keep watching Freightways TV. Just don't even bother switching off of it. Uh, you can catch it at 2 o'clock Eastern. Um, the newsletter will come out at the same time if you want to try and read and listen to them at the same time. Uh, there sadly is no chicken logistics in the newsletter this week, but Hey, you know, actually I take that back. There is. Um, and so other than that, you can just find us on LinkedIn or you can get on Twitter and give me your hot take on chicken logistics. And it's at Mario underscore one, one nine. Amazing. Mary, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Looking forward to the episode. And of course we'll be tuning in. Thanks guys. Of course, Mary is not just our running on ice expert. She's also our 3PL expert, and I'm sure we'll hear a whole bunch from her in about a week and a half when we talk about our 3PL Summit, which is coming up, our next Freight Waves TV event. That's right. And that event is free for registration. And once you do get registered, you have amazing opportunities there to network, and then you're making yourself eligible for a free giveaway. It might be chicken. Who knows? I hope it's not. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with more Freight Waves now right after this.